This is the Sasquatch's Monsters of the Clubhouse. Tales of when athletes throw it all away and end up behind bars or worse. Lawrence Lamond Phillips was a professional American football and Canadian football running back. A two-time college football national champion with the Nebraska Cornhuskers, Phillips played in the National Football League for the St. Louis Rams, the Miami Dolphins and the San Francisco 49ers from 1996 through to 1999. He also played for the Montreal Alouettes and Calgary Stampeders of the Canadian Football League in 2002 and 2003. Phillips' career was overshadowed by his inability to stay out of trouble off the field, a trend that dated back to his collegiate days. He was arrested several times between 1995 to 2005, and in 2015 Phillips was charged with the murder of his former cellmate Damien Soward, and arguably could have faced the death penalty. Phillips died by suicide on January 13, 2016 at Kern Valley State Prison in Delano, California. This is his story. Phillips was born in Little Rock in Arkansas and later moved to California where he grew up in foster homes. He attended West Corvina High School in West Corvina, California for his freshman and sophomore years. He was a varsity starter on both offense as a running back and defense as an outside linebacker. He then attended Baldwin Park High School in Baldwin Park, California for his junior and senior years. It is here that he won a CIF championship in his junior season, which attracted the attention of many colleges, including the University of Nebraska. In 1993, in his freshman year at Nebraska, Phillips gradually worked his way up the player ranks. He came off the bench to rush for 137 yards and a touch, touchdown in the Huskers' 14-13 win at Pac-10 champion UCLA. In the second half of the 1994 Orange Bowl, he sparked the Huskers ground game, carrying 13 times for 64 of the 183 rushing yards against a formidable Seminole defence. All but one of Phillips' carries came in the fourth quarter, during which he scored on a 12-yard touchdown run. The game established him as the primary running back in the Nebraska offence. By his sophomore year, Phillips became the focal point of the offense because of injuries to quarterbacks Tommy Frazier and Brooke Berenger. He tied a school record by rushing for 100 yards or more in 11 straight games in 1994. This despite frequently playing against eight or nine man defensive fronts. Against the number three ranked Miami Hurricanes, 
Phillips had 96 yards on 19 carries, including a 25-yard run. That was the longest rushing play the Hurricanes had allowed all season. During the regular season, he ran for 1,722 yards, still a Nebraska record for a sophomore. Phillips' performance in the Orange Bowl that year was key to Nebraska securing its undefeated season and the national championship in 1994. However, less than two weeks after Phillips helped Nebraska win the 1994 championship, he pleaded guilty to charges of assault, vandalism and disturbing the peace. The charges came from a March 1994 incident in which Phillips was accused of grabbing a 21-year-old college student around the neck. Phillips had earlier entered into a pre-trial diversion program but was charged on November 18, 1994 after failing to complete the requirements of the program. Shortly before the start of the season, Phillips' eligibility was in question for receiving a $100 lunch from a sports agent during the 1994 season. When Nebraska officials became aware of the violation, he allegedly reimbursed the agent. The NCAA ruled him eligible just in time for the season opener, but continued to investigate other unspecified issues involving Phillips. When the 1995 season finally arrived, Phillips became an early frontrunner for the Heisman Trophy. In Nebraska's second game of the season against Michigan State, playing its first game under new coach Nick Saban, Phillips had 206 rushing yards and four touchdowns on 22 carries. And after only two games, he was averaging more than 11 yards per carry and had scored six touchdowns. Hours after the team returned from East Lansing on September 10, 1985, Phillips broke into backup quarterback Scott Frost's apartment by climbing the outside of the building to the third floor and entering through some sliding doors. He then assaulted his ex-girlfriend, basketball player Kate McEwen. Phillips dragged McEwen out of the apartment by the hair and down three flights of stairs before smashing her head into a mailbox. Phillips was subsequently arrested and eventually suspended by head coach Tom Osborne. The, haste, the case became a source of controversy and media attention, with the perception that Osborne was coddling a star player by not kicking Phillips off the team permanently. Osborne walked out on a press conference when asked if one of your players had roughed up, roughed up a member of your family and had dragged her down a flight of steps, would you have reinstated that player to the team? Outraged, Nebraska faculty proposed that any student convicted of violent crime be prohibited from representing the university on the football field. Osborne defended the decision, saying that abandon, abandoning Phillips might do more harm than good. Osborne stated, I felt the only thing I could put in place that would keep him on track was football, because that was probably the only consistent organising factor in his life. After a six-game suspension, Osborne reinstated Phillips for the Iowa State game, although highly touted freshman Aman Green continued to start. Phillips also played against Kansas and Oklahoma. Despite pressure from national media, Osborne named Phillips the starter for the Fiesta Bowl, which pitted number one ranked Nebraska against number two ranked Florida for the national championship. In the game, Phillips rushed for 165 yards and two touchdowns on 25 carries and scored a touchdown on a 16-yard reception in the Cornhuskers' 62-24 victory. The performance boosted Phillips' draft stock. With Asborn's encouragement, he decided to turn pro a year early. 
At the 1996 NFL Draft, teams had to decide if Phillips' talent was worth the risk, considering his obvious character issues. Based solely on football talent, he was considered a top five, perhaps even number one pick. He was widely expected to be selected by the new Baltimore Ravens with the fourth pick to fill their vacant running back position. However, Baltimore decided to select the best available player regardless of position. And with the fourth pick, they selected offensive tackle and future Hall of Famer, John Ogden. During the draft, ESPN analyst Joe Theismann stated that in regard to Phillips, everybody's called him the best player in the draft. Phillips was drafted six overall by the St. Louis Rams. The Rams thought so highly of Phillips that on the same day of the draft, they traded his predecessor, Jerome Bettis, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. On, Ju- on July 29, 1996, Phillips signed a three-year, $5.625 million contract. He received no signing bonus, but his salaries were $1.5 million in 1996, $1.875 million in 1997, and 2.25 million in 1998. Also, he had a chance to receive some guaranteed money in the future if he met certain conditions. The chaos he created at Nebraska, however, continued in St. Louis. In less than two years with the Rams, he spent 23 days in jail. In 1996, Phillips had played 15 games with 11 starts. He carried the ball 193 times for 632 yards and four touchdowns. In 1997, Phillips surpassed his entire 1996 total in only 10 games and 9 starts, rushing for 634 yards. However, on November 20th, the Rams abruptly released him. According to reports at the time, Rams team officials told the press that coach Dick Vermeil had told Phillips that he was being demoted to second string due to his inconsistent performances and inability to stay out of trouble. Phillips stormed out of the Rams facility and missed that day's meeting and practice. The Rams lost patience with him and decided to cut ties. A teary-eyed Vermeil at the time called Phillips potentially the best running back he had ever coached. And in the 2006 documentary, Running For His Life, the Lawrence Phillips story Vermeil revealed that Phillips collapsed on the field during pre-game warm-up for his 10th and final game with the 1996 Rams. Trainers revealed that he had alcohol on his breath and told Vermeil that they'd smelled alcohol on his breath on a number of previous occasions. He had been known to stay in bars until 4am on the night before games. The following Monday, Vermeil called Phillips into his office and told him he was cutting him. While Vermeil was known for having little tolerance for off-field misconduct, he knew Phillips was a talented player and gave him numerous chances to stay on the straight path. He did say though, that if given the chance to do it over again, he would have kept Phillips in the roster. In that same film, Vermeil revealed they had reached out to a friend, Miami Dolphins head coach Jimmy Johnson, to give Phillips a chance with the Dolphins. Phillips lasted just two games in Miami, rushing for 44 yards on 18 carries for 2.4 yard per carry average. The Dolphins released him after he pleaded no contest to assaulting a woman 
in a Plantation Florida nightclub. Phillips missed the 1998 season before attempting a comeback in 1999. He set NFL Europe offensive records with the Barcelona Dragons, 1,021 yards and 14 touchdowns, and attracted interest from several NFL teams. Phillips returned stateside with the San Francisco 49ers in the fall of 1999. The 49ers interviewed him several times before seemingly being assured that he had put his past difficulties behind him. Though general manager Bill Walsh told him that the 49ers would not hesitate to cut him if he stepped out of line. He was in contention for a starting job before pulling a hamstring in training camp. Additionally, his blocking left much to be desired, and he was beaten out for the starting slot by Charlie Garner. He did, however, become the 49ers' primary kick returner. Although Phillips stayed out of trouble off the field, his on-field performance was of greater concern to the 49ers. His blocking skills were so suspect that he was never in the game on passing downs. The concerns were validated during Week 3's Monday Night Football game against the Arizona Cardinals when quarterback Aeneas Williams rushed in on the blitz and Phillips failed to pick it up. Williams ended up knocking Steve Young unconscious on the play with a hard but clean hit. Young suffered what would prove to be a career-ending concussion. He did not play again for the rest of the season and was all but forced to retire. In the same game, Phillips ran for a 60-yard touchdown to put the game away 24-10, outrunning Williams to the end zone. Nonetheless, his missed block on Williams led the 49ers to question his work ethic. By November, the 49ers had lost patience with Phillips, and according to coach Steve Mariucci, Phillips had actually begun losing interest early in the season, to the point where he was finding reasons and ways why he shouldn't practice. However, the situation came to a head in the run-up to the 49ers game against the New Orleans Saints. Phillips refused to practice at all on November the 10th and 12th and openly mocked coaching directives. Mariucci called a meeting with staff at which Phillips position coach Tom Ratman threatened to stay in San Francisco if Phillips made the trip. That night, the 49ers handed Phillips a three-game suspension for conduct detrimental to the team. Walsh said soon after Phillips was suspended, that he could not envisage Phillips playing another down for the 49ers. And on November 16th, Mariucci announced that the 49ers would cut ties with Phillips at the first opportunity. In making the announcement, Mariucci said that the only reason the 49ers did not release Phillips right away was that his entire signing bonus would have counted against the team's salary cap for 1999, thus tying them up nearly all of their cap room. Finally, on November 23rd, 1999, the 49ers waved him. In 2001, Phillips signed with the Florida Bobcats of the Arena Football League. However, before playing it down for them, he was released after leaving the team without telling his coach. Phillips then moved on to the Canadian Football League. He had some difficulty getting a Canadian work visa due to his criminal record 
but he was eventually cleared to join the Montreal Alouettes. He showed signs of his old form, notching 1,022 yards, 13 touchdowns and a spot on the CFL Eastern All-Star team while helping lead them to the 90th Grey Cup. However, he also showed signs of lapsing into his old habits off the field. He walked out on the team at least once during the season and his agent severed ties with him twice. Phillips briefly held out of the training camp before the 2003 season due to a salary dispute and on May the 1st, shortly after his return, the Alouettes released him for not meeting the team's minimum behavioural standards. It later emerged that he had been charged with sexual assault. Phillips signed with the Calgary Stampeders, rushing for 486 yards on 107 carries with one touchdown. But he was again released for arguing with head coach Jim Baker. This ended his time in Canada. We don't hear an awful lot about Phillips until August the 21st, 2005, when Phillips was arrested for assault after driving a car into three teenagers following a dispute with them during a pickup football game in Los Angeles, California. At the time of his arrest, Phillips was also wanted by the San Diego Police Department in connection with two alleged domestic abuse incidents involving a former girlfriend who claimed that Phillips had choked her to the point of unconsciousness. In addition, the Los Angeles Police Department was seeking Phillips in connection with another allegation of domestic abuse that had occurred in Los Angeles. In March of 2006, Phillips was ordered to stand trial on charges of felony assault with a deadly weapon stemming from the August 21st, 2005 incident. On October 10th, 2006, he was found guilty on seven counts. On October 3rd, 2008, he was sentenced to 10 years in a California state prison. While serving that sentence, Phillips was convicted in August 2009 for the assault of his former girlfriend, Amalia Weisler, on seven counts, including assault with great bodily injury, false imprisonment, making a criminal threat, and auto theft. On December 18, 2009, Phillips was sentenced to 25 years in prison on the 2009 convictions to run consecutive to his 2008 sentence, which was reduced to just under seven years for a term of 31 years. Phillips was admitted to California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation on October 16, 2008 and incarcerated at Kern Valley State Prison. Under California law, since his crimes harmed other persons, he was required to serve at least 85% of his sentence before becoming eligible for parole. On April 12th of 2015, Phillips' cellmate, Damian Soward, the cousin of former NFL wide receiver Jay Soward, was found dead in the cell the two men shared. Soward, who had been serving a sentence of 82 years to life for a murder conviction, was choked to death and Phillips was regarded as the prime suspect in the case. On September 1st, 2015, Phillips was charged with first degree murder in Soward's death. And on November 9th, 2015, 
the prosecutor was granted a motion to reconsider whether to seek the death penalty for Phillips. Phillips was awaiting trial in segregated custody when he was found unresponsive in his cell by correctional officers around midnight on January 12, 2016. He was pronounced dead at 1.30am in what is suspected as a suicide. The day before, a judge had ruled that there was enough evidence to bind Phillips over for a trial in the murder of Seward. On January 15, 2016, it was announced that Phillips' family had agreed to donate his brain to be examined for chronic traumatic encephalopathy, or CTE, at Boston University. A coroner determined that Phillips hanged himself in prison. He had a do not resuscitate note taped to his chest. Phillips' funeral was held on January 2016 at Christ's Church of the Valley in San Dimas, California. He was buried two, year, two days later at the Inglewood Park Cemetery in Inglewood, California. And thus ends the tale of Lawrence Phillips. Phillips' tragic tale is one that calls into question the attitude of professional sporting organisations towards player welfare. Obviously strides have been made in recent years to bridge the gap, but we have to ask the question of when does the duty of care end? It is believed that CTE had been a critical component into Phillips' decision making, and it begs the question, should society in the form of our prison and hospital systems be left to foot the bill? Or should the former employees, especially when the job spec would potentially have contributed to the ailment that is responsible? The next episode of Monster Clubhouse is out next Monday. Make sure to leave a review wherever you find this podcast and make sure to follow the Mid-Season Slump on Instagram to find out more about some of the pieces we put together. Alternatively, if social media isn't your thing, feel free to check out our website, www.com the mid hyphen season slump.com. Thanks very much for listening.